Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. And here I am sitting with Tom Dorian. Hello. How are you doing, Tom? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. You just had a uh, you had a great retreat experience. It was great. It was one of those silent retreats. It was perfect. I loved it. But unfortunately, uh, we got to come back here and listen to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's no silence. There's no silence is golden sometimes. Right, and, exactly. Well, I'm it's glad you're able to uh, find your voice again. Thank you. Uh, your tongue is freed up like Zechariah or whatever. And it is. Yeah, great. Well, that's wonderful, and we're happy to have you back. And, you know, we have a great show today. We're going to talk Always. about something very important. Okay. And that is one of our senses. All right. We've we've done a show on our using our senses in our Catholic worship. We did. And understanding the connection between the senses and yes, Catholic worship. Yes, we did. We're going to focus in on one particular sense this okay. time. It's a really important sense. All right. And we're going to make a lot of sense about that sense. I'm sure you will. We are going to talk about the sense of touch. Okay. And if you stop and think about it, the, the sense of touch is probably one of the, well, there's nothing quite as profound yeah. as the, the sense of touch when it comes to our human experience. Yep. Right, and maybe if we just take a lot of that for granted. Oh, I think so. But but take all you, of our senses well, for granted. Just the idea that, that that there's touch involved. Yeah. Right. When 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 we touch, it suddenly becomes personal. Right. Right. It's special. It's there's something different. You we hear uh, like even at work you hear a a, a a manager who's a he's a hands-on kind of a guy. Right. right? right. You get that sense that well to be hands-on means he's involved. Yeah. He's making this personal. Yeah. Versus that sort of distance yeah. uh, kind of management or whatever. And this works in our relationships as well. Yeah. Right. Hands-on is always better. It's, it's closer. It's more It's more of a special and, um, um, I don't know, personal relationship. Yeah. And, you know, there's also this, this concept that just because, let's say somebody famous touched something, uh-huh. right, we want to own it. Yeah. Right, we, we El- put the, Elvis throwing his scarf out in the audience. Exactly, that's exactly right. So we would we would we would like cherish or, or that a, or a relic. If we're talking about the church, exactly right. We can we can take that to the uh, spiritual level, and yeah. we and we see the importance of, of relics yeah. uh, in our faith. But that's just because somebody touched that thing. Exactly. There's actually a third class relic that just someone you, they touched. Exactly. Right. Or actually, a third class is something that touched something. That, that they, they used or a part of them. Okay. Uh, and then a second class is something that they touched or right. used. Right. So somebody's shoe or somebody's dress or right. piece of cloth cut from, from an outfit of theirs yeah. would be a second class. But the point is touch is involved. Yep. And, and, and that's, that makes that somehow more special. I've got, a, I've got a pennant from the New York Yankees hanging up in my office that's got Mickey Mantle's signature on oh, it. Oh, that's cool. So I was standing next to Mickey Mantle. In proximity with Mickey Mantle yeah. when I was a kid, and he signed this pennant. And so that's kind of special to me, Yeah, but it's because he touched it. Because he was there, he signed it. Yep. And so we see that relationship again. Touch makes things so much more important to us. Right. Right? But it doesn't stop there. We also, in touch, in our in our humanity, we use touch to communicate. Oh, absolutely. Right? I mean, think about a husband and a love, wife. Communicate love. Oh, absolutely. Hate. But... It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when we communicate love oh, with absolutely. it. Perfect. Yeah, right? Absolutely. You, you, we see intimacy is actually communicated through touch, especially. Right. Right. right? And we see that in, in uh, the spousal relationship. Yep. Right? And that's a beautiful thing. And, of course, we also know that touch has a healing component to it. 
Yep. I mean, think about doctors and, and therapists and whatnot. Even when you come home from that long, hard day of work and, you know, you have to pay your kids to give you a, a neck rub or whatever, exactly. right? It's, but it's healing. That touch is actually healing. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, if you, it, this was the most profound thing when I was looking into touch and I was realizing some things that maybe I'd been taught before mm-hmm. and had maybe forgotten. Mm-hmm. But this concept of how important touch is to our human person. Okay. I mean, we, we die without it. Yeah, there have been studies on that. Oh, I know. It's, 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 it's phenomenal. We can be blind. We can be deaf. We can actually lose our sense of taste or smell. Right, mm-hmm. because of a disease or or an accident, and that's a tragedy, yep. and it's calamity in life. But it you doesn't end them. our life. We can survive it. It yep. makes it makes things bad, makes things harder, more difficult. Yeah. But you can survive, and people have shown that they that they can. Yeah. However, if you lose that sense of touch, you can't. In fact, there's a really interesting uh, study that mm-hmm. talks about uh, orphaned infants mm-hmm. and the difficulties they have in their life later on because of the lack of touch they received. Mm. And, and it's, there there are there are statistics that show us, studies that show us that the the infants that have that nurturing, touching from the mother, all their early on in life, all their all their early years, mm-hmm. are so much more well adjusted. Yeah. Than those infants that are orphaned and maybe sit in some kind of orphanage or waiting on adoption or whatever for a couple of years and they sit there um, somewhere in some distant country and and no one touches them. They're they're very rarely touched. That mm-hmm. they're they're more prone to disease, mm-hmm. to psychological disorders. Yeah, right. And they and when they get older, that some of them will have self esteem problems. And so it's it becomes apparent that touch is vitally important. Yeah, and that should wake us up. By the way, as a little side note, as parents, yeah, how important it is as parents that we that we touch, that we have physical contact yeah. with love hug, and hug nurture, hugging, and uh, we we need to be aware of that. And in fact, you know that old expression, you know about a mother's kiss. You know, it, it makes it makes all the, the boo boo go away. Right. I mean, everything's all better. <laughs> right. When Mama kisses us and, and hugs us and, and holds us, we're all better. Right. And and that's a and that's a and that's true, uh, and it's beautiful. And of course, you know, as you grow older, right, young lovers, right. right? How many right. times do you have to tell our kids that it's not appropriate what they do? But right. but but physically, <laughs> right, magnetically, we right. are physically attracted to the, to the ones we love. We we were drawn to. We want to touch. Right. We want to hold hands. Yeah. We want to cuddle. We want to snuggle. Yep. You know, in a way that, like, if I did that with you, people would stop coming to the Catholic Cafe, wouldn't right, they, right? exactly. Because we're not lovers, right? Well, of course we're not. But we see that connection right, yeah. in these young people that, that have this idea that maybe God has called us to be together. Right. And so then there's not only that spiritual and that, I don't know, that just fun being around kind of connection, but there's that physical touch, that desire to hold hands, to yeah. to cuddle. And then that, that becomes, it's borne out more beautifully and more fully in that marital embrace Right. once one, one is married. And we right. see that, that, that level of intimacy that supersedes all other intimacies, right? Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's a beautiful gift to, the, to that sense of touch. And, you know, God being our creator mm-hmm. knows this to be true. Yep. I mean, when he created us, he knew that we were we were physical beings, that we were created beings, that we would have this desire and this need uh, to be touched. Yeah. And in fact, what's so great about this is he also wanted to touch us. And if you look at that, you go, well, wait a second. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the incarnation. Right. Jesus wanted to touch us so much. He wanted to become in physical contact in proximity with us, to be there with us, to touch us. 
so much so that he took on flesh. Yeah. Right? We read that in the first chapter of John, that, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yep. Right? God took on flesh. He became enfleshed so that he could have that physical contact. Not just a spiritual contact, but a physical contact with us. Right. Right? And we see all through Scripture these, these countless uh, examples of, of touch and how it's used. And maybe we've even not even thought about it. The fact that so many of these examples involve touch, but I was going to go through some of them. Yeah, do that. We we see just at the beginning here. We're looking at Luke chapter six, verse nineteen. All the crowd sought to touch him, for the power came forth from him and healed them all. I mean, people realized that Jesus healed, and he healed in his touch. His physical presence, yeah, was a healing presence. Yep. Right. That's it's such a beautiful um, uh, notion, and there's so many examples where he did touch and heal in mark chapter 8 verse 22 and they came to bethsaida and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him mm-hmm. and of course he does and of course he heals him right right so he's healing this blind man he heals our blindness with his touch and another example and he stretched out his hand and touched the leper saying be clean and immediately the leprosy left him mm-hmm. wow okay so in his touch that's from Luke chapter 5. His touch heals. Right. It's not, that's the only two examples. There's countless others. And taking him aside from the multitude privately, he put his fingers into his ears and he spat and touched his tongue. And his ears were opened, his tongue released, and he spoke plainly. That's Mark chapter 7, mm-hmm. verses 33 and 35. He says also, we, we read uh, in Luke chapter 18, he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she rose and served him. And then again in Luke chapter 8, verses 54 and 55, But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that she be given something to eat. He raised the dead with his touch. Yeah. See, in all those examples, he touches He touches the person to, to, to create the healing process. Yeah. See, it wasn't just, you know, could God have willed it? Absolutely. Could he have just said, you know, I'm God. I'm God Almighty. Yeah. Don't even need a sim. Don't, just just go ahead. That's right. But he doesn't. He touches. Right. Now, a beautiful part of that is as we look at that experience and we realize what Jesus is really doing here is he's instituting the sacraments. He's preparing us for the, the, the sacramental aspects of the church, what our church teaches about sacraments. Right. Sacraments are physical things, right? They're things, they're, they're created matter right. that are used to bring grace. Right. So this, this outward sign containing this inward grace. Yep. Right? Well, Jesus is showing us the importance of that when he does this, when he uses created things, when he uses touch, when he uses his physicality, to bring about his grace, to bring about his healing. Yep. And that's something that has to open our eyes and realize that, wait a second, as a Catholic, I need to understand how important touch is to my faith. Yeah. Right? And the fact that we get to touch God. We're going to – I'm, I'm, I'm leading into the Eucharist here. Okay. And in order to do that, I do want to play this little clip from my lovely wife. Absolutely. And she's going to talk about St. Clair and, and her love for the Eucharist. And when we get back, we're going to talk more about – the touch of Jesus right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Claire Oferduccio was born in 1194, the daughter of a count and countess. When only 18 years old, she heard the preaching of St. Francis of Assisi and was moved to follow the way of the Franciscan brothers and vow herself to a life of poverty, forsaking all the worldly comforts that her family could offer her. She gave herself totally to God, her eternal spouse. Upon the insistence of her friend St. Francis, St. Clair founded the Order of Poor Ladies, later called the Poor Clares. The Poor Clares lived a life of extreme austerity and of absolute poverty. Instead of beds, they slept on twigs with blankets of hemp. The old walls and ceilings were laden with cracks, and the cold and wet weather seeped through. They relied totally on God's generosity to survive. They devoted themselves to prayer in silence. St. Clair's love of the Eucharist was well known. She looked to the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament as her dearest love. She found great strength in receiving our Lord in Holy Communion and spent many an hour in Eucharistic adoration. Referring to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, St. Clair said, Gaze upon Him, consider Him, contemplate Him as you desire to imitate Him. And she took her own advice to heart. Of St. Clair, Pope John Paul the Great said, Her whole life was a Eucharist, because from her cloister she raised up continual thanksgiving to God in her prayer, praise, supplication, intercession, weeping, offering, and sacrifice. There are many miracles associated with St. Clair. Tradition tells of an attack from hordes of Saracen mercenaries who were advancing on the convent. She displayed a monstrance containing the Blessed Sacrament and prayed intently before it. Suddenly and inexplicably, the Saracens retreated. Later in her life, her health began to seriously fail. On Christmas Eve, she was not able to attend Holy Mass at the newly constructed Basilica of St. Francis. Instead, God permitted St. Clair to see the entire Mass in a clear and perfect vision on the wall of her small cell. It's no wonder that for this miracle, she was named the Patroness of Television. Just before dawn on August the 11th, in the year 1253, St. Clair, foundress of the poor Clares, passed quietly into the welcoming arms of Jesus. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And thank, thank you for not touching that dial. <laughs> so touch is good, but don't touch the dial. Exactly. Because that would mean that you're leaving this program. Right, don't leave. Because we have more stuff to talk about. We do. We have some assort- we, we were, we're sort of rattling off some important scriptural passages that right. talk about touch. And you've got some more. Well, we don't want to forget about a couple of other experiences. Right. Uh, we, we know at the Last Supper, when Jesus is instituting the priesthood, what is he doing? He's he's actually washing the feet of the apostles. Right. Again, they, he's using his hands. He's touching the feet of the apostles. Yeah. Again, he could have, he could have done all kinds of things. He, he could have just, you know, willed it. Right. And everything would be all better. Right. Right. But no, instead, he's using his hand and showing us as a model that we're to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. And so that's that's a it's a beautiful uh, gesture on his part. And then after the resurrection, 
you remember who wasn't in the room the first time that Jesus appears to the apostles? Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. Right. So naturally, Thomas was like, wait a second. I've got to see this to believe it. Wanted to put his fingers in the holes of his hands and his that's side. A, and That's exactly what yeah. he said. And then what does Jesus? Jesus shows up, knows so, how important it is to here. Thomas. He says, do it. Yeah. And so in that... In that experience, mm-hmm. Thomas now finds his faith, but he finds his faith through touch. Yeah. Right? Some of us, we're all different people. Some of us find our faith intellectually, uh, some some spiritually. Maybe there's a hole in our heart that only Jesus can fill. Some of us are physical creatures and, and realize that, and we and we need that touch. And so Thomas needed to have that, that physicality of Jesus. Right. To, 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 be, to be healed, to, to have that faith. Yeah. Yeah, so what about, okay, I'm devil's advocate. You know me. All right. So in, in touch, kind of a touchy subject these days? Yeah, interesting. That's a good point. You know, we're scared in this day and age to even use that word. It's pitiful, isn't it? Well, it, it, it is. There's a great sadness there. Yeah. Let me, let me just say that obviously the, the church has had her issues. Yeah. Certainly there, there have been problems. Right, yep. and so we don't talk about touching as much anymore. And then, even forget about the church altogether. Just when you when you send your kid off to school or whatever, oh, yeah. and, the, and every, the teachers, every institution there is right, all kinds of uh, all this all this political uh, politically correct stuff going on. But then also just the training, teaching about uh, child abuse or potentials for abuse or yeah. uh, sexual abuse or all these things all involve touch, and touch is a big part of that. Yeah. And and you you state at the very beginning of this program that mm-hmm. touch can be used. For bad, when we communicate, we can, can communicate bad things yeah. as well as loving things. Yep. And the problem is now we're, we're unfortunately, because of the bad, mm-hmm. people don't even want to talk about touch. Yeah. They want to eliminate it from the conversation. Yeah. Let's not talk about touch. Yeah. Because touch is, you know, it's appropriate, it's okay between two loved ones or people you know yeah. in a safety zone, but any other kind of touch. Yeah, it's out right, of bounds. The touch of a stranger is out of bounds. Yeah. And there's a sadness there because we've come to this day and age where that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, I have to live with that reality. As yeah. a cleric in the church, I have to live with that reality. Yeah. There are people I don't touch and can't touch. And, and if I did, eyebrows would go up and letters hmm. would be written. And, you know, as innocent as that would be, and maybe in the person of Christ trying to uh, be a healing presence, it does limit sometimes. And there's a sadness there. But we have to investigate. Sometimes we go too far. Yeah. And we need to realize that that we need the touch of Jesus. Yeah. Right? That we don't want to eliminate touch from the conversation. We don't want to kick touch out the window. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Right. Right? We need Jesus. We need to touch Jesus. Yeah. And I'd hinted about at the Eucharist. Yeah. And and this is an opportunity Catholics have that no other denomination experiences like we experience. Yeah. Right? The ones with valid orders. And so in this time, the time that we live in, we desperately need to touch Jesus because times are tough. We need him now more than ever. Yeah. Right? We're sinners. Yeah. We're, we live in a, in, a, in a broken world, a fallen world. Things yep. seem to keep getting worse and worse and worse. We need healing. Yeah. And the only one that can truly heal us is Jesus. Is Jesus. Yeah. Right? So we, we desperately need his touch. Yeah. And the beautiful gift is that we have his touch. Right, in the Eucharist. In the Eucharist. Right. See, a lot of people don't realize that Jesus is truly there. Even Catholics sometimes will doubt the true presence of Christ and maybe take for granted what it is they're doing at a certain time in Mass when they stand up, walk to the aisle, and start processing forward. Yeah. Right? They forget 
what they're getting ready to do sometimes. Yeah. Not everybody, but we all need to recognize and realize that what's getting ready to happen is something out of this world. It's supernatural. It it's is phenomenal. Supernatural. You're right. Right? But it's something that is also rooted in this world in the sense that it it's physical. Right. It's here. It anchors us right in a beautiful way to God's creation, but to God himself. Yeah. We actually get to touch the face of God. Yeah. When we receive the Eucharist, we're touching God. We're receiving God, body, blood, soul, soul and divinity. And divinity. Yep. Right? And that's something that that it just it blows my mind to think that this is this is a possibility. Yeah. That this is a, such a privilege that we're given, such an honor oh, yeah. that we as Catholics get to experience. We don't want to take that for granted. No. And people all. wonder, you know, why is the church so concerned about, you know, how I receive? Why do I have to do this and why do I have to bow my head before and why do I have to yeah. do this and hold my hand? Why do I have to say amen at the right time? The church is so concerned because of such a phenomenal experience that we're getting ready to have. Right. And, and also, as you know, as our mother, the church, she's teaching us that we need to show reverence. Exactly. We need to realize what an honor, what a privilege it is that, that God would be there for us in that physical way. Yeah. Right? To, to nourish us. And he prepared us all through the Old Testament, you know, talking about food. And then when Jesus comes along, how many great things in the Bible happen around the table? Right, oh, all the, yeah. or involving food with Jesus feeding the five thousand. All these things are pointing to the Eucharist. Right. All these things are talking about the physical connection between God and man. That that the, the chance to touch God. Yeah. To physically, as we say, share in the divine nature. It's a big deal. It is a huge deal. In fact, you know, a lot of times you 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 hear that phrase "share in the divine nature." People go, "What does that mean?" Yeah. What does it mean to share in the divine nature when we receive Eucharist? Yeah. When we touch Jesus. You know, you, you've had that, heard that expression where you like where someone there's something rubs off on somebody else. Like you know, if if this guy's a a real energetic person and he's in a room that the whole room lights up. Yeah. yeah. Right. You, you, when you rub elbows with someone like that with greatness or with some kind of, with happiness or whatever, you feel happiness. And Absolutely. Joy, right? Absolutely. Well, in that same way, when we rub elbows with the divine, right, we we start to share in that divinity. Now we don't become gods, right? And we want to make that clear to our to our Protestant uh, listeners. We don't we don't become a god, right? When we receive Eucharist, it's not some kind of magic potion, right? That's not what we're experiencing, but we are experiencing divinity. And for the time that Eucharist. The true presence of Jesus Christ in the body and and in the precious blood that we receive for the time that those are present in our bodies and their physical we are, we are like living tabernacles yeah and we are sharing in the divine and it's actually transforming us and changing us exactly. making us better yep and see that's that's a thing that I, I wish that everybody could understand and see that relationship and see that this would not be possible without without touch right without the expression of touch and we go back to that image of the the orphaned infants yeah right that without touch they they actually die Their, the mortality rate of the orphaned infant is way higher than the infant that's born into a family where there's a loving nurturing mother that that frequently picks them up and and holds them and, and cuddles them and, and fondles them in her lap and that that is an important understanding and we need to take that image and bring it to us in the Eucharist and realize that if we don't touch Jesus right remember what Jesus said in John chapter 6 that hard saying that if yep. you don't eat 
of his flesh and drink of his blood, you will have no life within you. Right. We die without the Eucharist. Exactly. So touch is important. Touch brings us life. It brings us the Savior's life, especially in the Eucharist. And so we look and say, if, if, if if we want to be touched... If we want to be transformed, mm-hmm. if we want to be comforted, if we want to be forgiven, healed, if we if we want to be raised from the dead. We need to partake. We need to touch. That's exactly right. Yeah. We need to present ourselves. We need to open our mouths. Right. Right. And we need to receive Jesus in the Eucharist. We need to open our, our heart, our mind, and our soul to God. Yep. Right. And to physically touch God. Right. And realize how important that that beautiful gift of touch is to each one of us. Yep. Now, I know there's some doubters out there. I know some people are like, well, I don't know that I believe that Christ is truly present in the Eucharist. And, and, and for those folks, I want you to pray. I want you to, to wonder why it's so important that we touch and see that connection between the touch that we have with human beings, right, in a good way, in that beautiful, loving, nurturing way mm-hmm. that we experience touch. And then realize that Jesus wants to touch you, not just in a... In an emotional way. Right. Or in some non-physical way. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus is God. God took on flesh. He wanted to get right in there. He wanted to get in the mix. Right. Right? Well, he wants to get in the mix of your life. Yep. He wants to be present to you, for you, with you, and in you. He wants to be in you and be part of you physically, in a physical way, and that's what we experience in the Eucharist. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So those folks that are naysayers, well, I, I pray I pray for you, I pray with you, and I pray that maybe you'll open your heart, your yeah. mind, yeah. your soul, and ultimately open your mouth yeah. and receive Jesus in the Eucharist and realize what a transforming and beautiful experience that truly is. Absolutely. It's transformed my life. Absolutely. And I know, Tom, you know, you're a different person because of the Eucharist as well. Absolutely. But we Absolutely. can also forget. We can we can take things for granted. We can kind of get lost in the world. Oh yeah, we you don't want to keep do going that. back. We got to keep going back and having another first communion. Right. Have another first communion. You know what? When you receive the communion next time, it's the first communion of the rest of your life. Yeah. Look at it that way. That's a good. And be transformed. It's a good view. Let's pray. In the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the healing, comforting gift of touch. Help us to be open to your mercy, your forgiveness, and your love, especially as we share in your divinity, as you touch us in Holy Communion. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Listening to the Catholic Cafe. For more information, visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You'll find many links to Catholic resources on the web. You can also listen to previous shows online, download MP3s, or take advantage of our podcast feature. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe.
There's always room for one more at our table. 